Welcome to the Knicks, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're talking about The Mandalorian and Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi's hottest take on Nazis are bad. Okay, as always, we want you to rate and review us on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. If it helps people find us, please do it. Uh, as always, we will start with pop culture this week. What did you do in pop culture this week, Fanny? Last night, I went and got to meet Erin Morgenstern as she gave a talk in Santa Cruz about her new book, A Starless Sea. And they had a literary masquerade to... Uh, mirror the one that is in the starless sea no spoilers um and it was wonderful and it was really really fun and i went with two of my absolute favorite people in the world thank you kit and mitch for joining me and listening to authors talk about writing is authors are my rock stars and i geek out and it inspires me and I am so glad to sit and listen to an author talk about her process that takes her eight years to write a second book. And granted, she had millions and millions of dollars in which to do this because The Night Circus, which is her debut novel, was a smashing success. And that does not happen. But it does give me hope to listen to an author talk about their process that takes them a very long time and to go ahead and give that credit especially an author that like me does not outline and just hopes that the magic happens as you throw it at the wall nice. and it was great and really really fun um i also finished barry again no spoil no no shock hottest of really cold takes barry is good uh, I finished the second season. I'm really looking forward to March when I can see the third season as it drops. Should I, well, should I push through with the show? I should, right? I, I mean, like you it. love Hater, mm -hmm. so I think you would love that part of it. You have been a theater kid, so I think you would love that part of it. There are some parts that would not be for you. I've already seen the tooth pulling. I know. Does it get worse? No, but there is kind of a slicey, slicey scene, okay. which is hard, and I'd have to go look. You should look up which episode the slicey, slicey scene yeah, is Yeah, as in. long as I get some warning. Yeah, because there's lots of it that you would like, and it is so incredibly well done about how theater people are, <laughs> theater and all of that, because his love interest is horrible. She's a horrible, horrible person, and she is 98% of the people you meet doing theater and in Hollywood. And, and but, the show knows this. and Yeah, and it knows it, and it does it really well. And then there's sort of a turn at the end of season two that makes you think maybe they can redeem her. So anyway, it's a great show. I really do like it. Um, some other friends of mine have done this thing where they're trying to watch every thing that... Nicholas Cage has ever done voice acting and otherwise. And I was invited along to this lovely event and you leave it completely up to chance and they choose a randomizer to tell you which movie you were watching. We ended up watching birdie 
That's a pretty good randomizer. Very good was randomizer. I felt okay about it, except that I don't think I've seen this movie since 1984 when it was in the theaters, and there is some weird ass shit in there. Is it good? Is it worth rewatching? <sighs> yes. I mean, there's the Peter Gabriel soundtrack, yeah. which I'm always going to be a sucker for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about rewatching if you've already seen it, but Years how ago. much do you remember? Not much. Like, if you didn't see it since 1984, like me, it's interesting to rewatch. Somebody in a flying... Yeah, there's a flying suit <laughs> and Matthew Modine and, yeah, and there's boobies. Yeah, there there are, like, there's some very uncomfortable sex stuff in this movie. And which apparently is like a Nicolas Cage thing because all of my comrades in arms during this, they call it Cage Rage thing, was, oh, no, is he having sex and having uncomfortable sex scenes again? It must be in his contract. And it made me think, oh, yeah, that kind of is a thing that I never even really thought about. So, Nicolas Cage, get your shit together. Uh, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't, whatever. Um, I late. watched, because Epics apparently has shows that I watch. Um, Perpetual Grace Limited, you know, of course, wrapped up. Their newest one is Godfather of Harlem, which is about Bumpy Johnson, has Forrest Whitaker and Vincent D'Onofrio. I know, don't argue with me about Vincent D'Onofrio. I love him, okay? He's no longer hot, but I still love him. Uh, Giancarlo Espinado, who has some other really long name that he was born, and I really like him. This is supposedly based on actual events. They put, like, the flashcard up front that says, yes, we realize this is based on actual historical uh, characters, but... So this is basically historical fan fiction. Wouldn't it be cool if Malcolm X and Bumpy Johnson were friends and they like hung out with Cassius Clay and like handed it to the Italian mob? I'm sorry. I'm going to break in with uh, white guy ignorance. Okay. Who's Bumpy Johnson? Bumpy Johnson was the godfather of Harlem. Okay. Bumpy Johnson spent some time in Alcatraz. He was a, an African-American gangster who probably did actually have affiliations with Malcolm X when Malcolm X was a street hustler and drug dealer. And uh, he worked in Harlem at the same time uh, that in 1963 when the civil rights movement was was coming up um, and worked with I can't think of the congressman's name who was super uh, who was sort of like pushed down for Malcolm X uh, not Malcolm X for Malcolm X and Martin Luther King um, being the better orators and um, it's he was a real person. These are based on actual facts, um, but it is just so soap opera up that it is almost to the point of ridiculousness. That's a shame because it sounds super like rich for good TV. The show is rich and good TV. I'm not sure how realistic it is. Yeah. And Whitaker is great. I love Whitaker. Um, the guy that plays Malcolm X is really good. And to have Malcolm X just be a kind of interesting character is good. Uh, the kid that played Cassius Clay is excellent. Giancarlo Espinata is always good. So good. Yeah, I love him. And why is he so attractive? Because he shouldn't be. Yeah, but he is. He's like a dapper. He's perfect for period stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. You put so, him in a vest. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he's all about it. Um... Vincent D'Onofrio's good. Uh, the kid from Loose is in it, oh, and nice. he sings, and he's got a great voice. Oh, cool. So it's got kind of a music sub 
plot too. It's and and payola and all of that stuff and how the mob protected the people that they contracted for singing. It's got a lot of really interesting things. I'm just not sure how historically valid it is when it's trying to pretend like it's historically valid. It sounds kind of fun though. It's fun. It's super <laughs> yeah, fun. It's I'm, I'm, way I'm watchable. Sold. It's just yeah. not historically accurate i don't think okay um some pop culture news amazon i don't know that we've talked about this before even though it's kind of been in the in the news uh amazon prime is producing a league of their own television show which penny marshall okayed uh before she died and gina davis is all over as well they have cast darcy corden oh that's fun. So I'm all over this show now. <laughs> uh, a little funny uh, social media detour. Did you see like the who was the best Darcy thing on no. social media? It was basically, you're going to know this more than I, who are the two fancy Darcy dudes? It's like Darcy from the new. Hugh Dar- uh, well, there's Hugh Dancy. Da- maybe Dance. Wait, no. So Darcy is a character from. Oh, Mr. Darcy yes. from Pride and Prejudice. And so yeah. who's played the two Darcys? Uh, the other Colin F., Colin Firth. Yeah. And, oh, I know this. Somebody new? I don't know. He's somewhat newer, but yeah. Anyways, I was going to be like, there's only one Darcy. And post a good place meme. But Darn straight I'm, I'm a, okay, She's... boomer, stop talking. Yeah, you're not a boomer, <laughs> and Darcy Corden is amazing. There's somebody else that is cast in this that I can't think of right now, because all I only have... I, I keep saying okay, boomer, mostly because I just want to get used to people saying, okay, Xer, or whatever equivalent the rule be. I just want to get ready. I'm prepping. Okay, there's that. Okay. There's that. Uh, oh, Matthew McFadden, who's in uh, Succession, also played Mr. Darcy. Okay. That's, yes. Yeah, they were voting on, I'm like, yeah, Darcy from Good Place is my one Darcy. Damn straight. My one true Darcy. And now she's going <laughs> to play baseball. That's exciting. Yes. And even though I don't like sports movies. I, But it's girls playing sports, <laughs> sure. and there's no crying in baseball, so sure. shut up and watch the show. Um, do we want to talk about what we both did, or do you want to talk about your pop culture? Let's talk about what we both did. Okay. What do we both do? Watchmen, we're up to four episodes? Is that, that is correct. Correct? Yes. Um, let's start there. What do you think of Watchmen? Oh no, <laughs> it's pretty, and the people are really good. I have no fucking clue what's going on in this show. It is really confusing. As somebody who's read the original material and doesn't remember all of it, but it, I should remember enough of it that this makes any sense. This is getting real Lost territory, like later seasons of Lost, okay, where it's just kind of like new questions. New questions are not plot movement. And yet, I still love this show. It's, I really like it. It's so fun to watch. I'm 100% in. Um, but I, I, my Lindelof alarm is, is going hard. Um, just kind of, don't, don't set up more than you can wrap up in nine episodes. There's not any, like, he's making noise like this is going to be a one-season thing. So you got to wrap stuff up here. So don't get too far down this new questions. Or up your own butt. Yeah. Um, man, Jeremy Irons, how good, he's such a good actor. How much have I missed Jeremy Hot take. Irons? Right? I mean, but you forget, I feel like people have forgotten how good he is. I did. He's fantastic in this. Gene Smart talked about it last week. We'll keep talking about it. So good. Um, still loving Regina King. Um, I think John Don, John Don, Don Johnson, that's how you say that, is pretty much not dead, is my theory. That's what I said in I, the first episode. I think everybody's right about that. That's, uh, yeah. And I don't even know any of the history or anything. I, I just know. said, fucker's not dead. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's really interesting the whole. Louis Gossett Jr. Jr. is good too. Yeah. Uh, wait. So we're going full spoilers, right? Sure. So I have one question for you. Um, just one with the watch. Oh, is that all? I at, can't answer any of them because I don't know what's happening. At the very end, when he reveals to Lady True when he's hanging out at the watch clock at the last okay, episode, right. okay. that he actually can walk and is not bound to his wheelchair. Okay. And he says, my feet don't hurt. And he gets up and walks. Was he supposed to be surprising her or was that supposed to be a surprise for the audience? For the audience. That I don't... is fucking stupid because why would he be sitting in the wheelchair to begin <laughs> okay. with? I agree with you, but I don't think she looked confused and she I don't didn't think he pull, pull one over yeah. on Lady True. That's just a little, it's a little mini nicks for you. Don't be dumb about your narrative like that. Like if that's for us, then, then just have, have him, him walk out yeah. from the other room. Like... No, no silly dialogue about, oh, no. Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, I think there's some dumb stuff in here, but I'm also just enjoying the weirdness of it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll keep going. Okay. Um, should we talk about his dark materials? Yep. We have not talked about this yet, nope. um, except for our excitement-ish. Yep. Uh, this is two episodes in. And HBO. Dave's unexcitement. Still have no Lin-Manuel Miranda. Which is crazy. I thought he'd be introduced by now. And uh, James McAvoy only in the first episode. Um, I guess I'll go first because you went first. Uh, I enjoy this. I think it's fine. I'll keep watching it. It's better than other stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, the kid actors are great. Kid actors are fantastic. Right. Shout out to that kid from Logan. Uh, it's great in this as well. Um, really has a great sort of gravitas. Roger's that, really good too. Um, yeah. The little kid Roger that looks like the kid from Freaks and Geeks is really good. Um, the animal effects are a little distracting, a little tiring. I don't super care about the like, you know, Annie peasant gang. <laughs> like there's a, the sort of class thing that they're trying to do worked much better in the book. And here it just feels like a bad, like musical version of Annie. Like um, I'm not really digging that part of it, which we'll get back to. Um, hold on for that. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know, like parts of it are working and parts of it are really not. I don't think it's going to make it through the full series. I don't, I think this is going to, I don't know. It's the BBC. Maybe we'll just commit to it. Yeah, it'll make it. Um, it's already renewed for the second season. I don't I like believe. the way the animals are voiced. They're just sort of like these other they little kids. They don't like kids. you either. Um, and also they can't really afford to make the animals talk. So you just are suddenly like, who's talking? Is that the ferret or the crazy rich lady? Like you can't tell what's happening at any given point. Um, yeah. Okay. Anybody who hasn't read the books or isn't interested in any massive spoilers, check out right now. Take your altimeter and have it tell you the oh, truth. The fucking meter. I turned to Parker and said, so who are Lyra's parents? About midway through the first episode. And Parker goes, that mean lady and James McAvoy. Just got like, it. Yep, we're done here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I still, I don't know, maybe we should wait till the end to talk about this, but I'm still unclear on the central metaphor of this entire freaking thing. Dust. Dust, right. What does that mean? Like, Parker what? just keeps saying, what do you mean dust, Mom? Yeah. What are you talking? He's like digging the show and he's enjoying watching it because let's admit cute it's animals. pretty and it's cute and the animals. Yeah. And he likes animals. But he's like, "There's the plot here is stupid. 
It's the dust, and it's the idea that your demon demon doesn't find a form until you hit a certain age, which is just sort of like. But also, a, why settle? Like I was listening to somebody I don't talk like about that part this. Of this. Like that's exactly why what I'm not about. keep changing it because of course like does better opposite of right. what the show is purporting to be about. I don't know. I feel like Philip Pullman and sort of this. Sorry, Brits. Like, it's a little bit of this sort of like, oh, we're rebelling against one thing, and you're just going to, like, keep changing. Because just be a crazy, janky American and keep changing all the time and be slippery like the rest of us. Um, wow. And that gobblers. Went off the rails. And gobblers. It's extremely British. Which, pre-Harry Potter, um, that sounds like a Harry Potter villain, but pre-Harry Potter. Those were called the Snatchers in Harry Potter, which is a better or name the Dementors. than... Go- Dementors were the... That was very different. The people yeah. that snatched and and worked for yeah. the Death Eaters were the snatchers. I think it's clear that uh, J.K. read some... Hobgoblins. There was some definite his dark materials in Harry Potter, without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think overall I enjoy Harry Potter oh, yeah. a little more. Yeah, well, um, and also, we'll keep watching this because bears with armor... I know it's fun and it's perfectly well yeah, made. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm completely enjoying it. It just is sort of ridiculous. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And yet we now have Monday night where we can catch up on Watchmen from the night before and watch his dark materials. This feels like good TV in a way there hasn't been in a while for me personally. This feels like fun TV exactly. in a way there hasn't been. In a it's while. true. So thank you for good fun TV. And speaking of a hard knock life, what else did we watch, Justin? <laughs> we both got uh, Disney Plus and watched Encore, which is a show Fanny had talked about ages like ago. Two years ago when yeah. one episode was on NBC. And this is the um, uh, Kristen Bell produced, was it originally produced to be on NBC and then they just yes. Disney bought it at some point? Right. Okay. Um, it is a show about reuniting high school musical uh, casts when they're in their 40s, 40s, I think. Um, I think it kind of depends. There 30s, are ones 40s? that are as early as 10 years later, okay. but this one, this one that we watched is 20 years. So yeah, okay. pushing 40. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's sort of like, a, let's put on a show this many years later and usually the kids can't really sing or act and also haven't done it in a while and are also now very self-conscious about everything in their lives. Um and here's a Broadway producer with, yes. and a Broadway director with a Tony. Very good Welcome spirited producers. Right? They're very sweet. Um, what'd you think? I mean, you've already seen this, but what did you think of this? They do Annie in this premiere. It's set in um, San Diego. Yeah. And there's a cop who used to play Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> And had cancer and doesn't want to shave his hair because it reminds him of his cancer. And so he breaks down while talking to his wife. And this show should not work. And yet I think this show really works. I I will continue to watch this show. I happen to know that the next one, Kristen Bell shows up and actually helps them. She shows up in the end of the Annie one. Yeah, but she like is super involved in the next one. Um, I just find this to be super charming and interesting. And I, 
I love the weird drama teacher that is really working her soap no bubbles, which was one of my lines when I did Annie, by the way. I played Pepper and the snow, soap no bubbles, I think, lady. She was um, really funny. Yeah. The so, old director. Yes, Mrs. Prue, I think. But I played both those roles. Um, depending on the night. Double casting and all. <laughs> you theater guys, just don't get, get involved. Um, I like this show, but... I think I like this show because of who I am, not necessarily because it's really good. What do you think? I okay. I I kind of enjoy it, but it is also a giant crazy cringe watch because I have nightmares about not being able to remember my lines from high oh school God, shows. Yeah. And this show is basically the living embodiment of this. <laughs> and are you naked? And at the same time, you root for these people to sort of find their things. And at the same time, this cop who had cancer, who's maybe not like the most like whatever in touch with his feelings guy anymore um, or ever for fair reason, says, oh, after this, I'm never going to see you people again. And it's like. Do I want to deal with that kind of rejection all over again? Like, it's a very, there's something about it that feels way too painful for me that an hour of television, it's like watching those, like, crazy cat shows where there's, like, demon cat from hell that's basically, the guy comes in with his guitar and basically, like... Guitar with, case, there's yes, no actual guitar. Within 15 minutes, saves the household from the demonic cat that is, like, jumping at everybody's face and trying to claw their eyes out. And in the last minute, they come in and everybody's like, it is fine, the cat's great, because the cat, they've managed to catch the, like, 30 seconds where the cat is not clawing somebody's eyes out. Like, like, this is how this Ow! show feels. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think maybe not for me for very personal reasons, clearly. Um, wow, crazy that cats. was a lot, Justin. Yeah. That, right. was, that was a lot, and cat <laughs> metaphors, and my cord became involved, and I need to do more sit ups. <laughs> Um, right. I'm going to talk about What did you do in pop watched. culture this week? All right. Also on Disney Plus, <laughs> I watched The Mandalorian, or as my terrible Twitter joke that I couldn't get any laughs out of was, I'd rather watch Disney's The Mandolin. And there was a picture of a mandolin grating potatoes. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then it all hit. Um, slow clap over there. <laughs> Golf clap. Uh, the Mandalorian is the new Star Wars universe. <laughs> A uh, series starring Boba Fett. Uh, not really Boba Fett, but it's actually sort of Boba Fett. But it's Pedro Pascal. But Pedro. you can't see his face. Pedro. This show, produced by Jon Favreau, I, I kind of figured that with Disney Plus throwing all of its money, and I've liked The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I go back and listen. I think these are some of the best examples of a continuing beloved pop culture franchise that has been handled pretty fucking well the mandalorian takes that good momentum and just sort of goes and drops it uh this is a dumb really dumb like western version i mean it's basically like boba fett spaghetti western but without any of the style with like no good performances because everybody either has their face covered or is a janky ass robot. Um, this show is not good at all. I am 
crushed by how bland and boring and uninvolving it was for all the people out there that are like Rogue One was like uh, the better Star Wars. It's like, no, nobody cared about any of the characters in Rogue One. The, the new Star Wars trilogy is still good because you care about those characters. Yes. Do you have a thought? I cared about the characters. In Rogue, Rogue One? Yeah. I didn't at all. Um, this is just, it feels like cut scenes from video, like, I don't even know how you say this. Okay, Boomer. It's like the video game cut scenes. Is that what they call them? Where it's basically like, I don't care about these characters. There's just no, nothing to it. I mean, I didn't watch it. I'm going to watch it because Pedro Pascal is hot and his butt's really cute. Um, his butt doesn't even look good in this. Well then, well, it's, cause they won't put him in jeans. I know. They need to give him jeans. Yeah. This is. Okay, also, can we talk spoilers? Yeah, sure, I don't care. Um, I'm going to talk spoilers to the Mandalorian. I need to prepare you. The Mandalorian? Yeah, Mandolin. there's a baby and Yoda and a baby Yoda, I know. So you know about this? I've heard about baby Yoda, and there's... that the baby at the end is like maybe his baby. It, I mean... I, I heard was... the baby Yoda's super cute. It's in a very terrible... We just watched a little Roger Rabbit on Disney+, right. Plus, which if you're going to get to Disney+, Disney Plus, Plus, Watch you some Roger Rabbit. And 101 Dalmatians. Still charming. Yeah, Roger Rabbit. Still great. Great animation that sort of does this great bridging. Pedro Pascal handling a baby CJ Yoda is not cool. Oh, I didn't realize that that was the same baby. I thought it was two. I thought there was a regular baby and a Yoda baby. No, there's... The Yoda baby is supposed to be his baby? No, the Yoda baby he finds. That's the thing that he's supposed to kill and he... Oh, it's so bad. It is really bad, you guys. Well, and okay, here's the thing I don't understand. This is supposed to be set like five years after Return of the Jedi, right? So how is there a baby Yoda? Don't know. Is it supposed to be Yoda Yoda? It's supposed to be baby Yoda. Okay, so wasn't Yoda super old in The Empire Strikes Back? I mean, his he was strong with the Force, if you know right? what I'm saying. But how is he a baby five <laughs> years later? No, it's his baby. Oh, it's his baby, yeah. not a baby. Well, everybody's saying a baby Yoda, like it's Yoda yeah. as a baby. No, no, so no, So no, people, no. you need, words mean shit. I think it is like a new, it's Yoda's baby. Okay, that's fine. And Yoda has old Yoda Force sperm that makes okay. crazy new babies. But words mean shit, and when you say Yoda as a baby, or Yoda or baby Yoda, that means it's Yoda and he's a baby, not it's Yoda's baby. But you look at it. uh, The reason people are saying that is because you look at it and you're like, it's baby Yoda. Okay, that's so manipulative. But then you say that that's Yoda's baby. That's different. I'm upset now. This show is terrible. I'm still going to watch it because Pedro Pascal, sometime he'll take the mask off and then I get to look at him and he's super hot. I mean, I know there's a real uh, mix of directors and I'm hoping it gets better. John Favreau, you are put on planet Earth to make Ron Howard look soulful. You should fuck off and never make movies ever again. Stop doing Um, this to me today. I got the the fire takes today. Um, Okay. So, much better sci-fi, moving on. Rick and Morty, uh, not Fanny's favorite show. I watched the season four premiere. It's been forever. So did Parker. Um, it's Parker. Well, I was Parker cooking. Oh, he loves Rick and Morty. Uh, this premiere, Morty. violent, disgusting, offensive, so brilliant. It is, 
the, the fact that this show is so silly and disposable and yet takes its sci-fi more serious than a gazillion dollar budget Disney plus uh, Star Wars thing, it's all just right there. There's a thing in this where basically I have to describe the premise. There are these crystals where people basically, when they touch these crystals, see their own death. And as they move through life, the, th- the choices they make lead them closer to the death they want or like further away from the death they want. And so they start getting addicted to the idea of like, how can I control my ultimate fate to lead to the right death that I want? That is a like brilliant, like Richard Matheson level, great sci-fi premise. And yet it, in Rick and Morty, it's mostly just in service of people doing terrible, gross things and Farts. exploding people and farting and burping and belching and puking. Ah, this is a good show, you guys. I'm happy it's back. This is I'm I'm in the corner for Rick and Morty. And I'm glad I was cooking while it was on. Uh, Mrs. Fletcher, uh, Shofani talked about was it last week, two weeks ago? Last week. Uh, Catherine Hahn. I gotta say, Catherine Hahn. I'm in love with you. I know she's so great, <laughs> she's, right? I'm, like I'm really little, curious like, what you thought because I, I only would, got like, one text. Pay for a dinner, I, like I'd pay a lot of money for dinner with Catherine Hahn. I think she's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, this show, as Fanny already said, is on HBO. It is about a single mom dealing with empty nesting. Her son is a piece of shit. Big piece um, of shit. And yeah. it's so funny to see that played out that well. Yep. And that honestly of like, yep. what if you're a good person and a good mother and you love your kid, shitty, shitty human being. Yep. And I don't know where the show's going to go. Like whether it's going to try and redeem him at all, but it sort of feels like it's smart enough to be like, Oh, it's not really about him. Like what do you it's do? Tom if your kid's I mean, a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wrote The Leftovers. He knows. Yeah. yeah. It is. She's so good. And she explores <laughs> kind of crazy, like, sex. And she has funny friends. So and Except for Casey Wilson, who sucks. But this is a very good use of Casey Wilson. It is. I will say. It um, does know what they have and yeah. how to use her. I will give them that. I still I hate I like this show. Oh, I, yay! Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched... Uh, I wasn't sure from your text, and so and I wanted to just wait and find out on air. Oh, oh, yay! Because first I really episode, like I was like, I'm watching the next one right away. This show oh, I'm is so glad. right up my alley. Yes. I'm so um, happy. Yeah, I mean it. You know, it may not go anywhere, but it just it feels it feels like they know what they're doing. It's fulfilling a little of the Smilf, you know, I, hole I agree, in my heart. And I really think that the the author and the showrunner, he seems to really know how to adapt his own material yeah. from what I've heard. Now I am not a leftovers watchers. You, and I know, but I know that you love it so much and he was heavily involved in adapting that. And that seemed to have worked really well. And he is, I think he's doing a bang up job with this. It is not easy to watch always, but it's so honest and the characters are so good. The fact that they know that this 18 year olds just a, crap show yeah and, and the way he presents a, a different version of himself to his mom uh, and like it's really when it's he pulls up his phone and there and one of the calls is from blonde okay face i was like oh my god you oh you know who this this character is and the fact that they just threw that in they don't focus on it i like literally had to pause the tv and look to see what it said yeah and Brilliant, and you know that that was probably in the book. Like, if you went back and read the book, that's probably in the book. It's probably a moment, but that it was included that way is so good. 
I hope the show continues. It's good momentum. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to, because we got a lot to talk about still, oh, I'm going to tear through Liebstrass, a comic that I discovered randomly on Comixology for all my terrible Comixology habits. This is. I was just about to cancel. A great, wonderful surprise. It is about. Um, it's a graphic novel that I think started as a webcomic about. I know what it means in German. What does it mean? Love Street. Oh, nice. I didn't get that. It's an American businessman who falls in love with um, a German gay guy in Berlin and, you know, during World War II. Um, it is interesting in that I, I think the one criticism I'll say about this thing is like, it's like, okay, this is the gay sort of love stories, you know, set in the Holocaust. Like, we haven't really seen that in comic form, definitely. Um, but it's sort of... I mean, the Jewish thing comes up a bit. There's a little bit of an intersectionality of like, he walks with this Jewish guy at one point and they have a conversation. It's a very small part of it. And you feel like, eh, I mean, this is the main part of it. Like as a gay man, I'm like, kind of like, eh, like, don't like, don't minimize that part of it to tell your own story. There's something that feels uneasy about that. And yet at the same time, it's really fucking moving because it's the thing that I'll say about it is, we get so many stories about, um, as we'll talk about shortly, Scarlett Johansson is a good German, and uh, Liam Neeson is the good German, and, uh, you know, Schindler's List. This is about Americans or whoever turning another, you know, turning a blind eye to what's happening and not being the good person, which is what happened more than fucking anything, and which is something we all probably would have to Pretend reckon with it. in our own way, and it reckons with that in a way, and it's about somebody falling in love but being an American businessman and having the luxury to walk away from it. Mm. And it is heartbreaking and really honest and really thoughtful. And I just, I thought it was great. And it's got this fun, like weird, like it's weird to call something like this fun, but it's got this sort of square jaw DC comics kind of thing, but it very much challenges that in a way that I found fascinating. It's called Liebstrass. Uh, Check it out on Comixology whatever I'm sure you can get on a digital comic format. It's really worth reading. Um, finally, I assume that double S is an S is an S stat. Right. Yes. I took German guys. So I'm like showing the, the few things that I know. Sorry. And I am German. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, Bay curious is an amazing podcast, which I may have talked about. Um, it is, I think through KQED. Uh, I'm going to be on it tomorrow, guys. Yay! Take a listen. I, uh, they take reader questions about, um, kind of fun questions about the Bay area. Bay curious, great title. And, um, did I, you manage to mention our podcast at all? I did, but they didn't keep it in. <laughs> I tried. Um, but yeah, the topic, can I say this? Maybe they're going to come get me, but the topic is, uh, is the Bay, the San Francisco Bay less blue than it used to be? Okay. Spoil right now before they drop it. No, I can't <sighs> tune in tomorrow. I'm just going <laughs> to tease it. I'll be happy for that. All right. I have another podcast that I'm on. So, Hey, cred. Yay. Um, all right, let's end this bad boy by talking about Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> okay, so the good news is I don't have a lot to say about Jojo Rabbit. Um, <laughs> this is Taika Waititi. Uh, he nice did job. Thor, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, and I screw that one up, right? Um, he wrote, directed, and stars in this self-proclaimed, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, anti-hate satire about Hitler Jugend, whose sympathies get complicated when his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, 
we all know how I like her, uh, takes in a Jewish teenager, played by Thomas and McKenzie, who is friggin' awesome. That's spoiler alert on Thomas and McKenzie. Guys, she's great. What'd you think, Justin? So, my expectations were low, because I've seen... Now, at this point, several of Taika... Now I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> Taika Waititi's films, um, none of them are bad. Not a single one of them is bad, but I, n- none of them are great. I adore and think what we do in the shadows is great. And actually, that's the one I haven't seen the whole way through. It's like so. one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. I fucking adore okay. it. Okay, interesting. And I, I am having trouble processing that the same person made these two films. I mean... I, I can't even speak to it because I haven't seen that one, but he just, to me, seems like a very funny... Super funny. Kind-hearted, probably. Yep, absolutely. Great, talented, stylist, like stylistically talented yep. hipster. Yep. <laughs> um, Wes Anderson wannabe, yep. see how it's all turning. Yep. Um, this is very, like, it. it is in no way a bad movie. Uh, but and yet, like visually, okay. stylistically, all right, all right. acting, plot, and yet, it's the worst of his movies that I've seen because it's tackling something that I just don't think he. I mean, he is Jewish and uh, Maori. He certainly has a right to talk about. Oh yeah, and anti-Semitism, but he doesn't seem particularly interested in any kind of specifics of Nazi Germany and what that might mean for anybody other than kind of what he there's like a funny thing of like the system is bad and then these sort of caricature nazis and then there's these sort of like complicated gray characters but it just it doesn't seem interested in anything that's happening it's like a very strangely uninterested movie in its topic um it's got a nice soundtrack the performances are terrific the set design is fantastic. Um, uh, he shows up as, you know, the imaginary Hitler friend. He's kind of funny and good in that role. Like, it would have been funny as a Saturday Night Live sketch in 1975, but it's like a whole movie of this, really? Um, Scarlett Johansson, uh, better than usual, that accent. Woo. Okay, I don't even need to do this, Fanny. Accent cop. That was the worst fucking German accent I've ever heard in my god damn life. Like I've done better German accents. Oh my god, it was so bad on this podcast. Um, Like earlier when you said Liebstrasse, you you were better than her. Uh, Tomlinson McKenzie as uh, you know the Jewish girl hiding out with him, and Roman Griffin Davis as the Hitler kid. Fantastic performances. Yep. Really good. Deserve a better movie than this. Please go watch Leave No Trace Um, again and anything else that Thomason McKenzie has coming because she's got five or six projects coming up. She's so good. This kid is great. Sam Rockwell is wonderful. Alfie Allen is great. Full disclosure, I think I had four or five drinks. I mean, we were day drinking. There were several hours, but... And then we got wine. And so I sat there thinking, am I just drunk? And so it wasn't until we got out of the movie and I turned to you and said, I just did not grok that movie. And you said, no, I didn't either. That I felt okay about saying, I just did not connect with this movie at 
all. I mean, it was interesting. We saw Parasite kind of last week, and, you know, we both, I think, had our issues with that movie, but... I connected with it. That movie ended, and people applauded, and you felt this... That movie charged an energy in its audience, like... You, sure. Like you were confused by it, but you're like, maybe you didn't like all of it or maybe you loved it, but you were, and you were charged by it, it and engaged by and it. You, and it was yep. communicating with you. And this, this movie is, yeah, said nothing to me. Completely the opposite. I it's did. Just, oh. Somebody on Twitter brought up, or maybe it was a podcast. I think it was a podcast. I don't know. They brought up Life is Beautiful, the Robert Benini yeah, Holocaust fair. movie. Or not, was it a Holocaust movie? Yeah, or a it Mussolini was a Holocaust movie? But it had that like, like the kind of like look on the bright side of being alive and being free and making choices, which I'm sorry, like it's not the right way to talk about the Holocaust in any, any, any frame of mind. Um, uh, Rebel Wilson. I love you. Rebel Wilson. I rewatched. Isn't it romantic on HBO? Go guys, go watch. Isn't it romantic uh, again? We talked about that in February. Yeah, she's great. She's great. There are so many great actors in this movie that are worth so much more yeah. than this, and I did not get it. Also, stop writing Wes Anderson's dick, everybody. Like, it's a very specific thing. Even when he does it, we it's have problems with it. It's rough when he it. does it, yeah. Um, yeah, it don't, stop imitating it. It's not a good look for people. Um, I, Taika Waititi, you are a talent. I believe. Um, and... Yeah, tell your own story. I, you know, the other day someone was telling me The Boy, which is an early film of his, is really I've amazing. I've heard that's very good. Um, and I want to go back and watch it because there's so much there that I'm like constantly like, I want this to be better than my reaction. I had the same reaction to Hump for the Wilder People and Thor Ragnarok, frankly. Right. Um, so, but maybe I'll watch the vampire movie. You should watch What We Do in yeah. the Shadows. It's very funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's a very funny actor. Oh, werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah. He's got a little Peter Sellers in him, which yep, I appreciate. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right. The werewolves refuse to swear, Justin, and they say we're werewolves, not swearwolves, and that's the best thing ever. Okay. I'll take your word. Uh, where can they talk to us? I thought you were supposed to do this. Facebook, find us. Uh, search for the next podcast. You can email us, motiontonix at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at the next podcast. And I am at Fanny V. Darling. And how much is hard on Twitter? See you next week. <laughs>